today's show, as always, sponsored by LivasaIslandApparel.com. For gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture. Catch the wave at LivasaIslandApparel.com. Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. Welcome, everyone, to the Balinesian Podcast. Super Bowl is on the way. Super Bowl 57 on February 12th. We're just uh, we're less than two weeks away. This is the uh, Balinesian Podcast, sponsored by Levasa Island Apparel. I am Lance Falitongo. I'm Forrest Odola. And we are, uh, we're here to break down the big game. Forrest, how's it going? It's good, good. How you doing, man? I'm uh, I'm doing great. Had a lot of uh, information. We didn't talk a lot of sports last episode, but we did get a lot of good info um, from Brother Craig Bailey over at EXP Realty uh, down in San Antonio, Texas. A lot of good uh, credit plays, investment tips. Just uh, shout out to Craig for giving us his time and coming in, uh, putting us on game. You know, just really talking about stuff that can you know, get us into homes or <clears throat> get us out of the house and around the world some of these uh i'm trying to get those airplane miles man i'm trying to <laughs> trying to go i'm trying to go to hawaii this uh this year <laughs> i know i'm going <laughs> just how am i gonna pay for it will it be free um yeah but uh yeah this week you know after conference championship uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles are going to play at the University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, in less than two weeks. How do you? Uh, who are you? How you, how you feeling about this game, the Super Bowl coming up? Uh, Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Raiders. Uh, no, hey, it's gonna be a good game. Um, of course, we're Polynesian, so. Uh, we are bound to our culture. That's how we grew up. I mean, especially growing up uh, on a small island like American Samoa, you're always going to want to root for people that look like you, I guess. <laughs> yep. No, coming from or a small people. island, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to think that um, from such a small island, man, that you get to see people on that stage. So uh, there's a few Polynesians playing on both sides, actually. So nice. Um, interesting. Interesting. Um, and I know if you're if you're from American Samoa, you have ties like you'll have ties to, to these players. It won't matter um, if you look through your family hard enough or even your friends, you'll know someone that's kind of like close to these guys. So that's pretty cool. Uh, also, we have relatives who, you know, you, you got Noah and 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 Eddie who are big Chiefs fans, big Birds, uh, sorry, fans. Eagles fans. Uh, I got one of my former basketball players that coached Michael Palmer. He's a big Eagles fan. Um, when when did the Eagles fan? I try to like see where everybody started their fandom, or if it was like a big group. Where when did the Eagles fans kind of renaissance? I don't know. I mean, because it was what McNabb, right? I'm thinking when I think Eagles, I'm thinking like McNabb, well, Brian Westbrook era for those. I think guys. so too. Yeah, for those guys because they're 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 a little younger. But for me, I was I won't say an Eagles fan, but I like to watch them play. Basically, Randall Cunningham was for me one of the most dynamic quarterbacks to ever play the game. I watched Randall Cunningham run past people. Uh, around people <laughs> and over people. It was the first time I seen somebody hurdle somebody in an NFL game. He hurdled somebody, uh, and I was hooked. I was a fan. I've also seen him, like, him and Michael Vick almost have a mirror play where they're scrambling, scrambling, stop, and just throw, like, a I think it's like a 65 or 70-yard bomb for a touchdown. So, laser. Yeah. Randall Cunningham, for me, was great. And you had guys like Reggie. Greatest defensive end ever to play the game was an Eagle. Uh, guys like Keith Byers. Reggie Jackson? Yep. Yeah. Best defensive end ever to play the game. I don't care what you say. Reggie White, not Reggie Jackson. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, Reggie. Reggie oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Got it. Uh, 
that Eagles defense was crazy. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, for like, for like Eddie and 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 Noah it was probably McNabb. They had a great team too. McNabb, Owens was there, you know. So Westbrook, like you said. So, yeah, that's my thing. This I I heard this from uh, the Bill Simmons podcast. What they were talking about the Eagles and how they've had the basically the number one seed pretty much locked up since week fourteen of the season. Um. And then Jalen Hurts gets gets injured. But basically, since Halloween, they haven't played a super full four-quarter battle in a meaningful mm-hmm. game because they right. had the, you know, week 15, 16, 17, where they had to win one game to lock up the number one seed. Jalen Hurts ends up coming in week 18 um, and playing a little injured, but, but getting that W. Um, they took – they had the bye week. Uh, as the number one seed. And then they played the Giants that next week, and they popped the Giants real early. It was like 28-0 uh, in that game. And then this game versus the Niners, Brock Purdy gets injured, you know, in that first series. That first series of the game, he gets, you know, his finger or the UCL joint. Yeah. so and they kind of were able to coast um, after getting a big lead. I I listed out the the Niners drives results, and it was bad, bro. It was like fumble, punt, punt, touchdown, punt, fumble, punt, punt, turnover on downs, fumble. I was like, oh, oh, that what a terrible game. Right, and and not to take anything away from that Eagles defensive line, who was just amazing that game, but. It is hard to win a football game when your quarterback can't move your team down the field. Yeah. You know, because you're able to just – and CMC is a great running back. He had a great game. But, I mean, if you're just going to stack the line and you you try to disguise your runs through Debo and, uh, yeah. and, and CMC, I mean, you'll have some success, but you still need your quarterback. You know, uh, Josh Johnson comes in uh, in replace of Brock Purdy. Um does a little good, a lot of bad. Uh, eventually himself gets knocked out due to a concussion. Brock Purdy has to come back in for the Niners, uh, but he can't throw. So it's basically just handing it off to Tebow to and, and right. McCaffrey uh, for the rest of the game. Uh, that was a bummer. But that's also kind of why you see these rules being made uh, to lessen the number of times a quarterback gets hit or, or and possibly hurt, so you see the those freaking unnecessary roughness or the roughing the passer calls roughing, that are big. like, oh, that wasn't even that bad. He kind of held up or he didn't put his whole weight on him. Or, if a, if a, when a quarterback gets injured, this is the shit we have to watch in a <laughs> champion in a conference championship game. Because a player gets hurt, I mean, this is already that was already the Niners' third quarterback, you know. But you know, when a decent quarterback gets hurt, that could halt the entire offense. Even a Shanahan offense can get thrown down the drain because you don't have somebody, at least with the threat of throwing it deep to you know take the pressure off of the run. But more importantly, so now you'll hear a lot of people like. I know you've heard in the past people complain about uh, the backup and why you pay so much for the backup. Why don't you use the money somewhere else? Well, this is why. Yeah. <laughs> and this is also quarterback is so that's why quarterback is so important, right? And why you have these higher paid backups? But because if you're a higher paid backup, yeah, you have the chance of starting, but you're you're not gonna start if you start a couple games. That's fine, but your main objective is to, when stuff like this happens, come in and 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 play the game decent enough to to play. And obviously, they didn't have that. I mean, they were all the way down to Brock Purdy, who was their third string. Yeah. So they had to play their fourth string. They, they just then, got hurt. Uh, right. And then they were in trouble of actually playing. They have an emergency. Every team has a player on their team that 
plays emergency quarterback. I know we've seen Christian McCaffrey play it, but that's not their emergency quarterback. And they were going to have the fullback be the ball handoffer? I think that's who their emergency quarterback was. There's someone on the team I know who probably played quarterback in like college or high school, and I'm pretty sure he takes reps every now and then for things like this, like the just-in-case times. But you never want to see that. I mean, because like you said, Lance, this is what happens. It's, you think that like everyone can play the game? Yeah, everyone can play the game, but definitely people. Uh, there are a reason why certain people are starting over others, yeah, and man. it's just the consistency. It's like you're, if you're putting together a quarterback rankings or at least like your own depth chart. I gotta think like the first quarterback is you know the one that's always good. The second one is the one that's you know can be good in you know, for in spots or in stretches, yeah. but you don't expect your, your set to be able to hold two QB ones. So your QB one is the guy that's good. Your QB two is the one that can hold it together. And your QB three basically just needs to know the offense. Right. Like know which way to hand the ball off. Or, I mean, you know, you want people to be able to get you to, a couple first downs in the game. But yeah, but that's I mean you can't expect You're not counting on him to win a game for you. <laughs> you can't yeah, you can't expect them to uh come in and just be great and be like what Brock Purdy was uh for the Niners this season, which was you know, they didn't ask him to do too much and but of what he did, even of what he did was above I think, you know, regular replacement level, especially a rookie uh what it gave the Niners. Brock Purdy did good. But well, they so didn't to, ask him to, to that, do too much. To that idea, do you think that maybe he performed that way because there wasn't too much pressure on him when he came in? Like they didn't ask him to do it. Like from from what I've uh, seen and what's being reported and what has been reported, Brock Purdy seems like a pretty confident uh, person. Like he would have been able to come in and you know believe in himself and um, play to a pretty high level. Uh, for what he's been doing. Right. Uh, but I think that does help when you have, you know, a coach with a really well-implemented system. You have weapons that you can hit that are wide open. You know, you right. hit Debo on a drag and it goes for a 60-yard touchdown. You know, you, you hand the ball up the middle for Christian McCaffrey. He bounces it out for a 50-yard touchdown. They, and then that defense. That defense was so good. I say was because it's past tense. <laughs> uh, that they didn't need Brock Purdy to to throw five touchdowns. You know, he had games where he threw two, three, four touchdowns. But I feel like that was more just the the situation and the game flow where your defense is uh, forcing a lot of short punts. You know, short fields. Uh, where your 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 offensive weapons, they're all you got all pro weapons almost at every position. George Kittle, Debo Samuels, Brandon IU, Christian McCaffrey, Usechek, Trent Williams. You you're you don't have to do too much. And they didn't ask him to do too much. They were like, hey, hit this slant or hit this drag the other way. You know, hit this, you know, just read this one side of the field. Don't you know? But Brock Purdy, when I did watch Brock Purdy like live. Uh, it it looked like he was re- his progressions. You know, he was like, "Bam, one, it's not there. Okay, two, no, it's not there. Keep turning. Three, oh, it's not there. Four, okay, I'm feeling the pockets kind of collapsing. I got to bounce a little bit, but still looking downfield even after he takes off. So that I definitely liked, um, what I saw from Brock Purdy. But I do think it's kind of, you know, it's a. Uh, it's kind of uh, the difference between a high drafted rookie and a you know a late drafted rookie, where right. the high drafted rookie not only are you expected to produce really quick, but you're probably in a situation that doesn't have a lot of talent or doesn't have as much talent. And then if you slip into the you know second round or end of the first, you're going to a team that was probably in the playoffs, hmm. um, and you might not be an automatic starter. You might be, you know, behind a pro bowler or all pro. Uh, definitely uh, some talent or experience in your position room that you can learn from. And, the, and then the ex- expectations, again, aren't super high as if you're like, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Trayvon Walker, like first overall. 
you carry that tag where you gotta you gotta be franchise changing and you gotta play immediately and you gotta play well immediately so so i mean i ask because reports are that um he probably will be the starter next year which is crazy to think because if you have trey less coming back and um I know I haven't you haven't seen much of him in the NFL, but I do think Trey Lance would have gave them um I think more of a chance to win that game yesterday. Just off based off of his athleticism. Hmm. You know what I mean? So if he hurts his elbow, he can't throw. I think he brings just a Still can run. Yeah. A yeah. different element to the game that Brock Purdy didn't have. But I asked too, because Brock Purdy was able to come in, no expectations expectations, like you said to bring the franchise to a Super Bowl, he was asked to come in and play. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't have a – there was no ultimatum. It's not like they could have been like, well, if you don't play, we're going to bench you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas Trey Lance came in and it's – he had Garoppolo waiting in the wing, uh, Brock Birdie waiting in the wing. Uh, yeah, and people, you know, just wanting to see um, the dividends, the, the payback they got for drafting him. For trade for it, drafting Trey Lance, so early for third him overall, so early? trade it up, trade it yeah. up for Trey Lance. Three yeah. first round picks. Do you remember really who think... they gave those picks to? Oh, I forgot. I don't actually. Not to look that up. I was thinking about it the just yesterday or maybe earlier right. today, and I couldn't remember. I'm like, and how the other teams doing? Yeah. Hey, they well, low key well, made out on that. So that's why. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. So because they're no one's talking about the other team. Like, oh, they got the better deal. But I think it, it's. I think it's a lot harder for those guys who are drafted higher like that. Um, to come in and, and like Brock Purdy came in and performed well because he didn't have the pressure behind him like like Trey Lance did, you know, the savior of the of the franchise, top three pick. Uh, everybody's talking about how athletic he was. Yeah, but uh, Trey Lance versus Brock Purdy. Trey Lance probably taller, faster, stronger. Uh, could run a lot better, but Brock Purdy is like, I'm just gonna sit in the quarterback. Right, I'm gonna sit in the pocket and hit these open weapons. And to give Trey, I mean, Trey Lance was a champion for I think all the three or four years he played at North Dakota State because they really dominate their uh, division in uh, college football. But it's still a competition, so he was really drafted based off of potential. You know, like, oh, we can see him turning into this great quarterback. Like, he has all the intangibles. That's tough. You know what I mean? The Dolphins. Look at, uh, look at the Taylor kid. Uh, is it the Jets? <laughs> One good season, uh, an incredible throw at a at a workout. And people, hey, let's drop oh, that. Oh, Zach Wilson? Oh, Wilson. Sorry, not Taylor. Yeah, that's crazy. I, when he was getting all the hype, I was like, yo, he had one good season. I'll give it to him, which was a really great, really great one season at, at BYU. Heisman finalist? Mm, oh, I mean, hey, some, I guess, if that's what you wanted to call him. And that's what he was nominated as. But <laughs> that's crazy. The most recent Polynesian Heisman finalist? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. What is his name? Like Zach Kapulei? Wilson, and see, and and again, another shout out, uh, brother Zach. Another red, another red flag for our Polynesians. Oh no! <laughs> Once he started going, at, you ain't never heard him being called out. A Polynesian calling him out as being oh, hey, Polynesian. Then he he starts to get hyped up to get drafted, and all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> he's Polynesian. He's white. Okay, take it easy. You think he's honorary Hawaiian out of BYU? Nah, nah. He's I, he does have the uh, Hawaiian blood. What is his middle name? I forgot. I had it's, it's something I feel very Hawaiian. And I, I'm not. <laughs> and I'm not like we're not going to claim him. No, the kid's Polynesian. That's great. What I'm saying is, uh, You're sometimes saying he's a bad quarterback. These evaluators, these scouts, and, <laughs> man, they, they want so bad to be the next. You know, discover that next Patrick Mahomes. Or... They said he was Mahomes like <laughs> Zach Wilson is Mahomes like. That was like well, yeah, the when comps. Mahomes was in like seventh grade <laughs> because of that one pro day throw where he's under center, he's play action, he rolls left and he throws like a fifty yard run? throw yeah. to the right and still moving. Yeah, that's okay. 
There was he did no it one time. There was no one covering the receiver. It's a workout. <laughs> it's a, it's a workout. There was, there was not one defender on that field. So, I I want Zach Wilson to do great, but I do. When I see I him playing and like his on the sideline after he does bad stuff, it's like I don't think this guy is like a seen as a leader in it by his team. Again, and I I know the expectations. You're a grown man now. Second overall people, pick, right? You're you're a grown man, second overall pick, and that's what people see. They want you to come out and be. Um, that's what they want you to be. Their franchise they savior. Know, you're just getting out of college. You know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah. You know, basically, you still have those tendencies to be like a kid because you're just done being a kid, and that's how kids act, and that's tough. I mean, I, I wouldn't want him to be like that on the bench. I don't like it if I was a Jets fan, but. What did you guys expect him to come be in? You wanted him to come out and be. Even Tom Brady gets to the sideline and throws his helmet, brings iPads, you know? Tablet slammer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, possibly a white beater. No, just kidding. I'm not going to throw that out there. Oh, what? I'm just no. kidding. I'm kidding. No, that's not news. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If he was a white beater, she probably would have stayed. But <laughs> the speaking of older legendary quarterbacks for the Jets. Uh, the Jets recently hired Nathaniel Hackett after he was fired uh, as the de- head coach of the Denver Broncos. Right. Uh, former offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And some are saying he did such a terrible job in Denver that the only reason anyone would hire him is to get Aaron Rodgers to come to their team. Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. What do you think? It'll be the same thing as maybe works. I don't know if they even have. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know if they have better receivers than they did in Green Bay. I, oh, they got better names in New York. I think. think so, so? Let's let's look at Green Bay. Green Bay, you got the Lizard King, Alan Lazard. Right. And then you got a bunch of new guys. Romeo Dobbs. I don't know. Who else is there? Christian, Christian Watson. Or Watson. Is, uh, is, he's nice. Uh, Jake, Jake Tunyon, I think. Robert Tunyon is their tight end. Runyon. Um, Runyon. Uh, yeah, okay. And in New York, you have the disgruntled Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Garrett Wilson. That's one name. Okay. I'll give them Garrett Wilson. And then you got two others that are kind of like on the – you remember Corey Davis? I do. He's like a potential – From the good Physical – yeah, good physical uh, potential, and he's always there. But um, And he pops, but not, you know, superstar production all the time. Like really good veteran receivers, they have a couple of those. I think they do have Corey Davis. Um. Yeah, I I would I would take the the Jets receivers over over the Packers. I guess the Packers just have you know younger receivers that they uh, that could still possibly break out to be pretty big. They're not gonna be no Devontae Adams. I hear he's having a good time in Vegas. Hey, he had the best season of his life. Nice. Um, real quick, who's the quarterback for the Raiders uh, next season? Um, you know, with all the noise that's going on, <laughs> I can't tell. Um, yeah. you want to say something like Tom Brady, and not because I like Tom Brady or I want him to be the quarterback, but I think uh, Mr. Davis, uh, Mark to be exact, um, has a really strong liking to him. Uh, I, I, I don't think you can bank on the relationship with McDaniels because I don't even know if he likes McDaniels. Hmm. From their time in New England. Or if so, he felt like stunted or, yeah. by him. Yeah, or maybe maybe he says that it's not even McDaniels that helped him, but it was still Belichick. So Yeah. Did he say that? No. no so, so I mean I would imagine Belichick had more. Belichick versus Brady, who is more responsible for the Patriots' success. I, I I'm back to feeling like it was both. Like, even though Tom Brady has won a Super Bowl after leaving New England and the Patriots are have not been doing well, 
since he's left. I think that the whole run of the Patriots dynasty and the, the defenses they set up and <clears throat> Tom Brady's managing offense uh, where they didn't have like a super crazy stat season until I think 2006 or 2007 when they got Randy Moss and they just, right. I think just the Jets like snitched on them about a camera somewhere and then they went like scorched earth on everybody. They started right. running up the score and shit. That was crazy seeing the Patriots up 14 going for touchdowns with two minutes left. It's just like, oh, it's a FU season. I just see the – everybody wants to have that power uh, and that dominance uh, in football, but you don't usually have the tools or the coaching or the players or the the, the schemes. Yeah, you still need to scheme it. And and, – Football is such a physical game. Um, at 45 years old, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not able to do it, but it's going to be tough um, physically for him. And you can tell that, I mean, he hasn't fallen off much, but he isn't the quarterback that he was last year. He's not the quarterback mm-hmm. that he was in New England. So, yeah. And with the Raiders' offensive line the way it is right now, they're not great. They're not great. They held together um, moments during the season, but they're not a great offensive line. They got Colton Miller. Uh, Luminor is a free agent this year. They got um, a couple rookies on the line, and then nothing much else after that. They're going to really have to fix that O-line because defenses are getting faster. They're getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys got You got guys like – Michael Parsons coming out of college. And I think the next guy that's going to be comparable to what Michael Parsons can do is Will Anderson coming out of Alabama. So if you're going to have to face a guy like that, you know, (laughs) you're going to really want to protect Tom Brady. So they do have weapons for him. (coughs) You know, Um, I know know there's rumors right now about um, possibly Darren Waller being on the trade block. As well as Hunter Renfro, they still have to re-sign Josh Jacobs if oh, they choose Renfro? to do that. They're saying that. I mean, yeah, McDaniel's cleaning house. Well, they said that it's going to be uh, a lot of moving and shaking in the offseason for the Raiders. That's what they're talking about, and like a lot of names are going to be gone. But there's just, that can mean a lot of things because there's a lot of guys that are free agents this year for the Raiders that were picked up on on one year contracts. Oh, so it's going to be a lot of other re-signing or letting those guys go. Yeah, like I know they had this big thing with uh, what was this? Oh, uh, Cleveland Farrell. This is his contract here. He's done. You know they didn't renew it during the season, so mm-hmm. they he can be gone. Um, Josh Jacobs. Like I said, Josh Jacobs could be gone. His situation is a little trickier because they can franchise. Um, they can franchise him, and then he gets. I think he gets uh, – what does he get? Probably an almost a mil or two over what he was asking for last year, mm-hmm. of course. For a long-term contract. Or he had the best season in the NFL. Yeah. You know, as a runner this year, best season probably of his career. So it's going to be a lot. He's going to – yeah, the Raiders have a lot to discuss. That sucks that Josh Jacobs, I mean, good for Josh Jacobs and the season that he had. I'm sure you're, you're happy for Josh Jacobs. But as far as the Raiders, I don't think it was a terrible idea not to pick up his uh, fifth-year extension that first-round rookies have in the NFL. Um, but this is definitely the, you know, the, the, the other side of the coin uh, when you don't do that is if they have a great season, now the price to re-sign them and bring them back again just went up, whether that's a, a bigger yearly you know, annual salary in their long-term contract or if that's paying them the franchise tag, which is <clears throat> depends on what position uh, you play when your team franchise tags you because it takes the top, I believe it's five salaries in your position, like the top five overall averages those out and then that's how much money you're going to make in one year so you talk about if you franchise tag 
uh, a wide receiver. And some of these guys are making 22, 25, $20 million a year. You franchise tag a wide receiver, you're paying $20 million. That's the, the top five um, uh, salaries. You franchise tag a quarterback, it's like $40 million. See, that's true. And, and Josh Jacobs plays running back, which is the least, right? Uh, I guess, valued. Uh, yeah, the least positions. paid. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think the least, uh, like the most under undervalued at the moment because, I mean, some of these running backs, it may be, it looks as simple. It looks simple. Like people are like, man, all you do is hand off the ball and he runs through the holes that they make. Mm-hmm. Not that simple. I know it is simpler than some of the other positions, but it's not as simple as you think. Yeah, the difference going from Austin Eckler to if he's hurt Justin Jackson, to if he's hurt Joshua Kelly, to if he's hurt some people off of the Larry Roundtree the third, you can tell, you can see visually, you can visually see when these players are playing how the reason why they're, you know, uh, certain people are ahead of others because right. Eckler, Austin Eckler for the Chargers can pretty much do it all. And then, well, I guess Justin Jackson was gone this year. Joshua Kelly, he's more like a bowling ball, uh, right. a refresher kind of guy, change of pace back, or kind of just to give Austin Eckler a break. But when he's in there, he doesn't have the same explosiveness. He doesn't have the same speed even uh, of the guy in front of him. So the guy behind Joshua Kelly, even worse, he kind of just runs in a straight line. But, I mean, you do get – here's the other thing, though. Austin Eckler was an undrafted free agent. That's true. Like there are ways to find and not have uh, ways to find running backs and wide receivers and skill players later on um, for less capital. So for less money, whether they're an undrafted free agent uh, for less of a draft pick, like maybe you could draft them in the fifth round instead of the third or the second. That small stuff adds up and makes a difference over the long term. So if you're and it's kind of like the lottery, bro. I would love this picking like players that fit. But I mean, a player could be drafted to any team, and it's going to be a totally different situation. So it's it's kind of figuring out well, exactly look at, what uh... your team needs and how they're gonna. They're going to mesh with what you already have in the locker room. Right. And look at – so Christian McCaffrey is worth everything he was drafted for. Second, the, third, and a fourth-round pick? I thought that was okay. – Well, not traded, but drafted for because he got drafted. Oh, he drafted. Was drafted. He was a first-round draft pick, drafted high. Yeah. You know, he's getting paid good, and then he's worth everything he's traded for. Like, if you hit, if you waited to pick him up, of course he's not going to last in the second round. You were stupid if you're going to wait to the second round. You know, so you got guys like that too. Like, you can't pass him up. And there's one in the draft this year, uh, Bijan Robinson out of Texas. So, I mean. McCaffrey-like? They, they that's what they're saying. He's I, pretty good. I've I seen him play in Texas. He's really good. I've also seen a lot of late-round or undrafted uh, players just make it professionally. Like, it's possible. And, oh, yeah. You know, it, it might not be as usual or as probable, but it's possible. Really? It's, yeah, James James Robinson? Yeah. I'm thinking, like, Michael Turner. Michael the right. Burner Turner. Uh, a bunch of wide receivers on your favorite football team's roster are, you know, late-round draft picks or uh, not drafted at all, and they just worked their way, you know, onto the uh, squad. Right. Um, or they were best kept secret, or they had an injury late in their college career. There's different things that cause you know players to fall, but just being blessed to to fall into a situation that works for you and allows you to become the best player long term over a long period of time, I think is the best. Uh, let's let's get back to the Super Bowl. Chicago is not in it. Um, Chiefs. Mm. The Chiefs and the Eagles. Super Bowl 57. So both teams have, within the last 10 years, have won a Super Bowl. So you can't be like, well, this team's been recently to the Super Bowl. They won more Super Bowls. They each got one within the last 10 years. So What is it? Five? Within the last five? 
Eagles, that's Eagles, why I say Eagles, that's why I say one. ten because I don't know how close it is. <laughs> ten, ten, ten is good. <laughs> the, yeah, I think it's been the Eagles were twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, and then I right. think the Chiefs have won one inside of that. So yeah, both of within the last five years, right? Jeez. And and so each has a factor to me that like you were saying you want to talk about X factors for me for the Chiefs, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Always going to yeah. be Patrick Mahomes because. I don't care what you say. He's still the best quarterback in the league right now. And he's got ankles like made out of antimantium. Because they did say it was a high ankle sprain. And those How are... is that a high ankle sprain? There's no way. There is no way that that is a traditional high ankle sprain. I think it just got diagnosed severe and then they didn't clean it up. They didn't say, oh, no, it's just a regular ankle sprain. It's just a low ankle sprain. <laughs> That's a big difference because low ankle sprain, yeah. you're supposed to be able to tape up and play through. High ankle sprain, you're supposed to be in a boot for a month. But, I mean, they have methods. Drugs? Is it drug? Is it an injection? Uh, I'm not going to speculate. I didn't see hella padded tape on that, on Mahomes. I'm not, in a, I'm not in an NFL locker room or anything like that. I'm not a trainer, but there are stories about it. I mean, you see, I mean. You know, guys, there's certain guys that are probably not exempt from some of these drug tests or rules. But, I mean, if, you, if you're talking about, like, sports in general, you saw um, you saw Spider uh, put up, was it 63 uh, a month ago 70. For, for the Cavs? Something like that. Next yeah. day, drug test. Uh, you saw, um, <laughs> you saw a job put up. I was it 50, something like that. He put up a great, uh, had a great game, and he had that dunk over that dude. Next day, drug test. LeBron goes like four games scoring 40 points. You've never heard of him getting drug tested after that. And I'm not saying that LeBron is out there uh-huh. injecting himself with HGH, but you're saying like, the leagues don't mind as much when the stars are starring. I think so. I think so. And it's not a conspiracy. I think I just that's just I think that's how it is. I mean, it's I can see a for profit multi billion dollar league like the NFL. Yeah. Turning a blind eye to certain practices that make sure that MVP candidates and former MVPs and uh, take the field. Right. Right. I don't know here, though, like it didn't. If if this was really a high ankle sprain and then they drugged Mahomes up or they injected his ankle with some sort of painkiller or, you know, nerve, not can't feel his what's going on there. I feel like there would still be a lot of functional um, issues with that foot or that right. ankle. Like even if Planting you can't feel it, it you're it's yeah. still swollen as shit and not moving the way it needs to. And when right. you're throwing 70 yard lasers your feet need to be right your right. base your foundation need to be able to plant launch off of you know um uh it i didn't i don't think it was a high ankle sprain but that's that leads me to think that but that's what they said it was that the chiefs lied on their <laughs> injury report <laughs> they also said travis kelsey was hurt and that fool <laughs> like that catches um. Yeah, yeah. that's that's gonna be good because they were they, they weren't gonna win that game without they weren't winning that game without Mahomes. That's a fact. The chat the Chad Henny led Chiefs. Yeah, but so yeah, if, if 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 he's the X factor on and look, Eagles fans, you can be diehard Eagles fans, and I won't fault you for you coming after me for this because. But, Jalen Hurts is not Patrick Mahomes, so I'm sorry. He's he's a great player, and I think that without him, um, the Eagles wouldn't have had the season they had. I don't care what these other professional sports players were, like Michael Parsons, <laughs> saying that uh, he's just a regular dude and like Philly could have won those games without him. I don't think so. I'm sorry. Philly Philly's a great team. They proved it this year. I'm not gonna sit over here and tell you lies like no. Without Jalen Hurts, they were still really great. They were, but they wouldn't have won as many games. I don't know if they would have gotten to the Super Bowl without Jalen Hurts. But he is not their X factor. 
their X factor is going to be that D line. If they don't get to, if they don't get to Mahomes, then that's a lot of trouble for them. You know, you guys got great DBs. Philly's got great DBs, but a lot of the teams that Patrick Mahomes carved out this year had great DBs. Yeah, <laughs> so, and even on a bad angle, he's able to right. beat the Bengals. Yeah. So, oh yeah. gosh, Tisa, we're not even going to get into the Bengals DBs. But I'm going to say this: Eli Apple is a joke. If I ever hear that fool uh, again, my gosh, he's over I mean, here. <laughs> they said Eli Apple did the unthinkable. He made the Bengals unlikable. <laughs> like everyone was like, "Yeah, the Bengals are cool. Joe Burrow's cool. Jamar Chase cool. That's all that." That Eli Apple though be talking shit for no reason. Hey, that Cincinnati mayor was talking shit too. He's he's like the oh my gosh. He is the um, Patrick Beverly of the NFL. I see that. Okay. Yep. Perfect. I can see yep. <laughs> that vet that's like on a superstar team. And he's like, these wins, you know, right. I do my part. He's like, your part is staying out of the way. Just, right. just stop hearing your, your name on the PA announcement. Your, your part is to annoy the other players. And you do it very well because you're not, I mean, you can play defense, but that's not what all of that is. That's, oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, but, I, I and, could do without the the shit talking. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's rules for it in the game because I mean, your uncle, uh, Samo Samo, was probably one of the best shit talkers around. Oh and... yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, Samo yeah. <laughs> Samo was uh kind of like kind of on that Kobe level where he made you think about his shit talk. <laughs> hey, what's up, Carter? <laughs> Um, where they the the talk kind of got in your head and started messing with you. Oh God! And he'd make another yeah. three, and he'd be like, "That's for your eye." And then you'd be like, "The first one, the first one was for your eye. The second one was for your mama." Mama, <laughs> he taught me well. I used to, oh man, God. I used to go down to Lions Park and watch him, uh, shit talk all these players who were who were, who were, who were good, and like. He would take the he would drop them to another level because he would get so far into their head. And I mean, of course it's park ball, but man, back then where the oh, park basketball at Lions Park in American Samo, you had just like parks in the States, you had like the best players in American Samo come play at the park. Nice. And it was so fun to watch Samo just talk his shit and it was fun. But like I said, Eli Apple him and Patrick Beverly, they talk all that smack, but they are the most minimal part of the winning of their team. <laughs> <laughs> They're not the oh reason gosh. these W's are happening. Not at all. But they feel not that way. All. They talk that way. Man. So, so I mean, I'm I'm fine with people talking shit. No, yeah. You, I mean, if, hey. you, if you get the W, the, to the spoils go the victor. You know, like, and that's, you know, trash and, talk. And, that's... And, and to be clear, they, of course, they are way better than me at the sport they play because they both made it to the professional leagues. And that's why they're in the league because mm-hmm. they got some game. But when I say they're trash or they're like bums to the rest of the league that they play in, they are bums. He's like, yeah, you can run faster than me, but you still getting burnt, Eli. <laughs> yeah. It's all the Cancun talk, all the like, yeah, oh, yeah, gosh. enjoy your vacation team that's out of the playoffs. And it's like, bro, that's going to be, you know, 30 teams at the right. end of the season. 31 at the end of the Super Bowl that didn't make it uh, to that to their season achievements. Um, Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but hey, I still feel bad that the Chargers are out of it. Of course, I, I kind of buried that. I buried still, it. I haven't. I'm gonna hurt that the Raiders didn't make it because I'm because I like my Raiders, but I'm not delusional. I mean, but you, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> exactly right. So, like yeah. the last month of the season, you were like, okay, we could make the playoffs, but we're probably not going to. Right. So you had a little time to like prepare. Yeah. You're like, you're like okay, my Raiders are coming back next year. We're gonna be better than ever. And Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I don't mind. I don't mind either one, actually. Um, Jared I, Stidham? I, maybe. I just I hope we don't reach for a quarterback in the first round. Anyway, uh, you know what? We're, we're gonna, yeah. Before we get up, we'll talk about that. But like I said, X-Factors for the Eagles, I think is there. Is 
not just their D-line. I said their D-line, but their O-line too. And to that effect, uh, 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 so my little kid on yeah, the O-line and Isaac. Isaac, yep. Shout out to you. Enjoy the Marlotta. Starting on that uh, O-line, mauling people. You know what I mean? Letting uh, Jalen Hurts gain the first downs that you've got. Uh. The other guys on that Eagles O line are pretty good too. Lane Johnson back from injury. Jason oh, Kelsey at center. You know, both pro regular pro boarders, all, pro. all pros. Jordan Mailata, oh. left tackle. Who's their left guard? Uh, Blanken. Yeah, but yeah. Selmalo with the right guard. Uh, yeah, Mailata, left tackle. It is nice seeing those big ass dudes there with their big hair uh, clearing right. the way for uh, Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders. <clears throat> I think. Hey. Uh, the X factor, I do agree. The Philly X factor is definitely going to be that D line and yeah. their ability to kind of uh, pressure and uh, manipulate Mahomes' pocket throughout the game. They right. came out and yeah, tossed Brock Purdy out of the game. Yeah, uh, and with Mahomes' its supposed limitability, uh, they might be able to kind of rough him up early. That's what you would think. Like just to test out and see if that ankle yeah. is is really fully healed or and you can't forget uh Reddick because Reddick Hassan Reddick he, he made Brock Purdy's life hell uh-huh. in that game. He also smacked the crap out of uh the Johnson dude. Mm-hmm. Like Hassan Reddick. That was a really Hassan Reddick really, trying to win the Super Bowl. Really great pickup out of Carolina. Like nice. he was he started off slow. He was the first round pick uh in Arizona, started out slow there. Coming out of, I think it was UMass. Um, yeah, they were expecting a lot more, I guess, as an edge rush, edge rusher. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, they were trying to play him in the same position as um, what they have Simmons playing now in Arizona. Oh, okay. But that's not that's not his niche. He's that's a the pass rusher. You know what I mean? And so when he got to finding his last year in Arizona, they started letting him rush the passer. You know, just letting him play free. And what did he have? Oh, Pro Bowl season. If they didn't want to resign him. He left, went to Carolina, and just kept developing from there. And now he's he's that guy on that defense well, yeah. where you have to really put your head on the sofa because you're like, damn, where the fuck is Hassan Reddy? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so, he's tossing like tackles out of the way on the way to the quarterback. Right. So that's uh, right. yeah. The Eagles Z line is is going to make some noise and could win this game. It could be another easy. You know, game right. a couple turnovers, a bunch of punts, uh, just not allowing the Chiefs to get into a rhythm. <clears throat> and this could be another one of those games, like the Giants uh, or the Forty ers where they jump out to a big lead and kind of just coast. Can you imagine if the Eagles coast, like since Week fourteen, just coast to a Super Bowl and just yeah, take yeah. a week off? Come play in a blowout, play in another blowout, take Pro Bowl week off, you know, the Super Bowl. That goes well for you. You rough up Mahomes early, get a couple picks. You know, it's a two-score game the entire time. Um, <clears throat> I'm thinking about uh, the X Factor for the for the Chiefs, and I want to say Juju, but he's I, just not getting the, the looks. He's not getting the that's- targets. And you're exactly right, though, but that's also why I know why you're thinking. Because if he does, he's going to be a problem. If he can get loose, he that's a whole other dimension for the Chiefs to go through. Because, of course, everybody knows favorite target, Travis Kelsey. Um, yeah. they, they got the rookie who's running pretty well, Pacheco. Um, and their other receivers, they, they, they do what they do, you know. Uh, Kadarius Tony is, was a Wonderful! Oh, almost oh got gosh. that touchdown. Oh man! Yeah, he's he's a great pickup for them because he was really getting buried back in New York. Like, oh, with the he, Giants. He, yeah, he just kept falling on their it's depth chart. Season. Yeah, that's what I. And it was quick how they were just like burying him behind these guys, and so uh, he made the trade. They made the trade. He's out in Kansas City and he's having um, an amazing season. So. Yeah, that now that he's on the field and actually yeah. in pads and and getting the ball thrown to him, so, he is doing great things. And, and that's what they said that it was going to be good as soon as he got on the field. So yeah, it's shaping out. He's kind of like their Debo Samuels because you see they run jet sweeps for him. 
Uh, and he's wearing 19. And yep. So, but, but if Juju can get open, make a few good catches, or be that uh, guy in the middle for them to, you know, on the underneath catching these uh, mm-hmm. routes that are going across for first downs, just it's going to be open. Yeah, gonna, he's going to be open on game. They're going to be focused on Travis Kelsey. Juju is going to have a chance. Uh, he's going to have a bunch of windows, right? And he's going to get the ball. Uh, but and, you look at the receivers for the Chiefs, and it seems like other than Kelsey. And the tight ends. It seems like they've got fast guys, maybe not the biggest guys. I think Juju's like the biggest receiver they he have. He might be the biggest receiver, yeah. I think the Eagles might rough them up. You know where like the, the receivers are like begging the rest for a flag or they're not getting off the line. They're getting jammed hella hard. They're getting hit hard. Right. They're I just standing up, kind of like shaking it off. Like, oh, man, this is tough. I feel like it might be one of those too. So Eagles defensive backfield, they're they're pretty they're physical. So that would be a, that would create a problem for um, Kansas City's receivers. Yeah, especially you throw off that timing. I mean, Mahomes can play off time, right? Like he can right. roll out and get a scramble drill going every play. Right. But messing up that timing can be the key to uh, allowing the defensive line to get in there and kind of uh, take advantage of that. Um, you know, chaos. I think that's where I think that's where you uh you really miss Tyreek Hill. Because if the play was broken and Mahomes was back there just running around, then you were like, Okay, now I'm just gonna look for Tyreek Hill who's yeah. basically running around out there too and no one can yeah. keep up with him, he'll be open in the next two seconds. Yeah, it's so, like when you when you see your quarterback break the pocket, <clears throat> Travis Kelsey said this. He said it's one of his favorite things to do because at the beginning of the play, he already knows where everyone is at and who's right. covering which one of his teammates. Yeah. So he says, I already know where the soft spot's going to be that no defenders are. So if Pat the starts scrambling, cooking. I just run there. In that area. I yeah. run to where it's open, where no one is. He knows where I'm going. He hits me on the way there. Um, but it really is just – oh, shit, I got to create separation and give my quarterback a target and let me go somewhere. Let me run away from my defender and then towards an empty defensive position on the field. uh, And then my quarterback will have the best window to throw to me. That's why Kelsey, half of Kelsey's catches are are those. Are like, Mm -hmm. let me just get into a spot. Or it's like, oh, yeah, Pat knew I was going to be here. Some shit Mm -hmm. like that, like some yard ball shit. That's or why like, he's just the favorite open. receiver. Yeah, that's why he's the favorite receiver. And if you're a young tight end uh, thinking about things, you should listen to that because he knows. Mm-hmm. Study those, uh, especially if a defense is playing zone against you. Study those zones where they where they're not going to be. Yeah, sit in those sit in those little pockets. If your quarterback's in trouble, he'll find you. Yeah, that, and <clears throat> obviously Mahomes has uh, physical abilities and uh, processing abilities that are that are able to maximize those plays yeah. where it's like, okay, uh, instead of a five yard sack, I'm about to hit Travis Kelsey on this weird cross. Why isn't anyone guarding Travis Kelsey? I ask that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Why is Travis Kelsey wide open? <laughs> I hate it. He's such a, yeah. Like, like just like how you explained and like Travis Kelsey was saying, he knows where to be mm-hmm. at the right where time. To go. Yep. I th- yeah, and then the I forgot which NFL game it was, but they were saying as a receiver, when a scramble drill starts, you just start running downfield, like just <laughs> just take off down the sideline, and they'll find you. And that's actually yeah. that's what happened in the the Eagles game on like fourth down. Jalen Hurts tried to throw it to the right, but it wasn't there. I think it was supposed to go to AJ Brown, um, but instead Devontae Smith. Devonta Smith hits this out route and it's not there. And he sees that Jalen starts scrambling. So dude just puts his head down and starts running up the sideline. Right. And I think he's able like to make this. Seven. Yeah. That. And then he makes the catch. Well, yeah. he, uh, he dropped the catch, but yeah, it was called a catch. And then they uh, ran another play real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. That scramble drill is just, it's like getting two plays. Like you get your prepared play, and then if shit breaks down, five seconds later, now you got a whole another bomb play that that could could shake out. Hey, it's just like uh, in basketball, North Carolina runs 
um, <laughs> they run a, a system where they're always breaking. Um, so Roy Williams, anytime mm. there's a shot, whether you miss or not, off the rebound, you're running. Off the inbound, you're running. And if you get down the court and there's no break, they run a secondary break. So oh, if you, nice. Yeah, yep. once you cross the half court and your the lanes are closed, you go into that secondary break and everybody knows where to go. So it's just like that. And that's cool. not a set play. That's a sec. Like you're still in motion. You just know where to go. Yeah. You just yeah. know where to go. Yeah. And then if that doesn't work, then you set it up. Yeah. Okay. Nice. A secondary break. Yeah. That's a, that's a perfect example then. Like of running the play. And then if it's not yeah. there, just keep going. How about right. let's try go, something crazy. Go, go to the spots you know where to go to. You'll find it. Yeah. So uh, I feel like we have so much more to break down for Super Bowl 57 Chiefs versus Eagles. Uh, we got um, a lot of days coming in. We we're, we're going to talk yeah. about it all week until the game. Yeah, we're going to wrap this episode. Um it's good to talk a little bit of sports, but we we've also got um more Super Bowl coverage and hopefully some some guests we can get in here talking about uh the big game. Uh, and that should be happening uh, this and next week before February 12th. Right. And because this is the Bolognese uh, podcast, I mean, it is very, very, very exciting to watch these kids from Polynesian's family, families playing these yep. games, man, because that's crazy. Well, you yeah. Um, who, I saw four Samoa, the Instagram page, put out the, uh, like, kind of like a shout out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of the Polynesian players uh, that are going to be headed to Super Bowl. Oh, this says forty-eight. You know what? I might be wrong. Yeah, forty-eight. I, it might just be players or fifty-eight. Be. Sorry, fifty-eight. <laughs> are we in fifty-eight or fifty-seven? Jordan Mailata, uh, Australia. Juju Smith-Schuster, Long Beach. Isaac Silmalo. Where did he go to uh, high school? Or, or was, I don't know. No, no, I, I think he's from I think he's from the uh, the state side. Oh, I think okay. he's state side. Yeah. Uh Danny Shelton is on the Chiefs Franklin squad. He is. We saw him in the EA during the game. Shout out to you, Danny Shelton. Uh Matt Leo, uh Yosuo Peta, Noah Tongiai, Marlon Tuipulotu. Oh, um huh. are all on the with the Eagles. Uh also, either on the practice squad as your reserve, it says here. But yeah, they're, uh, it is kind of similar to watching Young Rock. Um, and I, I've told people this. My favorite part of every Young Rock episode is the credits uh, and seeing just like Islander names That's come true. across the screen. And I'm like, this is on national television, guys. Right. There are apostrophes and vowels. Let's fucking go. It's, uh, right. It pumps me up. It's um, not a PBS special. Yeah, this is like people are paying to advertise on this show, guys. People right. are seeing it, and it's similar, similar to that. Just the pride in seeing other Samoan or Polynesian, Polynesian. Pacific Islander uh, players, and just being like respect. I know that it took something extra for you to make it here, and you know, just appreciating their their dedication, their hard work, um, and getting to this, you know. This is what people play the game for, right? Is to win these national championships, national championships, is to win these titles. I mean, to make money, right? That's probably number one. But of course, of course, get your money, get your money while you can. If you're going to sacrifice your body for people's sports entertainment, make sure you're getting a bag, please. And then also, I mean, Frisco made it. We would have had Talano who followed on that team as well. Man, who's Man, his his rise to where he is fast. Um, yeah, within the safety, just just the safety rankings, you know, um, mm -hmm. that it's great to see. So, yeah, oh, definitely the last two years he's been in, and he's already right, and he, yeah he's already taken over the starting spot. That was good to see this year. And then for him to play in San Francisco, not too far from where he played college ball, USC, that's that must be great too. You know, yeah, I mean, the, able to stay in the, California. Yeah. And before we get off too, I know we're about to do shout outs. So uh from everybody who's ever gone to Samuel Baptist, well me and you too. 
Hey. I want to say thank you to Frankie Lubu. Shout uh, out, Frankie. Made it back home. Made a $20,000 donation wow. to Samuel Baptist Academy. Nice. Who's building their new, uh, well, all-around complex for the school, for the church, you know, probably for the school athletics as well. But for Frankie to go home and because I'm – and I won't lie, I consider Frankie one of the rising superstars in the league now after the season he just had. Go look at the stats. Stats don't lie. Uh, Lance knows because he's our stat guy. You know? Yeah, over 100 tackles. What do you have? Seven sacks, two interceptions, sacks. a touchdown. Right. Tackles for losses. Yeah, Pro Bowl just, consideration. Right. A Pro Bowl snub. Uh, yeah. That was a Pro Bowl snub. But, um, yeah, I mean, we consider him a superstar, but – on a bigger scale, like in the NFL, not his name's pretty much well out there now. But for a guy like that who just signed a, for us, it's a big contract. In NFL wise, it's a smaller contract. Um, he's multi million dollar contract. I don't know the details, but I know it's more than a mil. We'll leave it at that. And then for him to go home and and put back in to the school that he went to, that um, he go there from like kindergarten. I feel yep. like the whole family went there. went there. They all did. And, and right on the backside of my house, I got to see all these people. <laughs> I went there too. You know what I mean? It's literally my backyard and then the school. Uh, but, um, man, it's so great to see just for Frankie to go home. And, and and like I wrote, man, you get what you put in. And Frankie's always been one of those kids to share his blessings with everybody around him because he knows where it's it's, it's coming from. You know, his beliefs and um, what keeps him grounded. He always goes back to that, falls back on that. And I think a lot of his successes is, is um, owed to that. And if you ask him, he'll tell you. You know, um, he prays. His mom prays for him. Um, he's got a whole team of people who, who look after him. And he's never once not given back to that. You know, he's... Really humble kid, man. Such a humble kid. And so so great to see him go back and and give back give into back. Mm-hmm. what poured into him. So Bro, I can't wait. Frankie. Yeah, man. Um that's, that's to nice. see him yeah, his star is also rising. His name yeah, is becoming more familiar to people all around the league, not just people for the Panthers or people that follow Polynesian players or us that no, yeah. um, grew up in the same places. Or, yeah. Regular people are like, oh, Luvu, right. yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so it's great to see. Couldn't happen to uh, – He's making uh, plays. He is. He's he's getting and the opportunities, getting the snaps, and – He's starting. Making plays. Yeah, they're not these, like, garbage time plays, yeah. you know, where, oh, you know, you got another sack, you know. And, I mean, the pick six alone that he had this year. Yeah, nice. That was – yeah, so – Shout out to you, Frankie, man. Stay new, man. Nah. I pray that you all stay blessed because you're always able to bless everybody else. So good for you, man. Nice. Um, yeah, shout out, Frankie. Shout out everybody doing it, uh, following their dreams and kind of making things work. And and then also being able to give back uh, to the places um, that served them as they were growing up. That's huge. I've yeah, I like that. That's good stuff. That's kind of what we aim. I know that's what <clears throat> E-Rive and them are doing. PD yep. over in Modesto with that Saturday um, food drive or the the food bank over yep. in Modesto via De La Rosa uh, Church. Uh, definitely check out uh, Levasa Island Apparel on Instagram at under at le underscore Vasa, at Levasa. Um to see what you know this is this has been the plan and it's starting to kind of get rolling where um you wanted to make sure what he's doing ends up positively affecting those in his community and the community and the church that he grew up in um it's great to see man it pumps the shit out of me like it pumps me up seeing Eri do community work because I I know that's like really what he wants to be able to do. Um, 
Yeah. So shout out to Live Off Island Apparel. Shout out to Brother Eri, um, and the whole family in the family photo shoot. Uh, also that they did. That was that was dope shoot. Uh, that was a bunch of really good uh apparel shots. Um, yeah. Shout out to PD two hundred nine. Yeah, PD PDP, Living Room Media. Bro, shout out. There's so much good stuff. Someone Solutions doing good stuff. Yep. Um. Yeah, man. Shout out to the people. Shout out to the people making things happen. Keep it up. Keep doing you. If you're not, talk with us. Talk with somebody. Try to get get going. Do what you want to do. Um. But that is our episode for today for uh for now we're going to come back and be talking more super bowl stuff with guests we're going to be talking you know andy reed versus nick sirianni patrick mahomes versus jalen hurts defense versus offense offense versus defense on both sides um and we'll have our super bowl predictions next episode too so stay tuned for that yeah and until then stay hydrated stay balling stay blessed Man, I, I really need to figure out how. And if you and if you can't stay high, <laughs> yeah, as much as possible. Um, yeah, but that's our show. Love and light, peace. Amen.